DJ and PK, time to talk with Adam Kilgore, national sports reporter for the Washington Post. He joins us on the Sprint special guest line. We make it safe and easy to get what you need online. Visit Sprint.com for online services and local store availability. Adam, good morning. Hey, good morning. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me. Hope you guys are all uh, staying safe, staying staying sane out there. We are. We're we're uh, social distancing even on radio. PK's on remote. I'm in studio. It's weird doing the show, not uh, you know yakking away during uh, commercial breaks. Our producer Jake stays in the next studio, so uh, we're doing what we can. It's uh, we we are. What caught our eye was the uh, story that you have in the Washington Post. People can see it online. Uh, no team sports until 2021. Now, at the same time, we're hearing basketball and baseball trying to do something that wouldn't match any normal definition of what they do, moving to Vegas or Phoenix. Possibly that will work out. We'll have to play. What, what were you told that got you started on this story? Um, you know, basically just sort of kind of reading the tea leaves got me wondering and wanting to ask um, you know, some public health people and, and try to touch base with some leagues about sort of what they were thinking. Um, it just just seemed like you know as much of you want to have you want to try to plan for and hope for sports to return. There's just so many hurdles and so many, more so so many unknowns um, that you know I think it's uh, it just seemed like the right time to sort of you know almost like remind people that um, you know you you know it's it's good to have optimism if you want to, but that you should prepare for the possibility that um, you know. It's we won't have sports for the rest of the year, maybe until there's a vaccine. You know, that's not um, that's no more written in stone than, you know, the idea of like playing football in the fall is by certainly. But I just think that anyone who sort of uh, expresses the confidence that we're going to have sports back soon um, by any specific date at this point, I, I think, um, you know, even Adam Silver said in an interview uh, last night or two nights ago, I think it was last night. You know that he he feels like he knows less about where the NBA is headed now than he did three weeks ago, um, and I think that's a pretty honest and, and pretty realistic way to look at it. It's just there's so much we don't know about the virus, about um, you know what 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 effects our sort of societal restrictions are having on it, um, on what will happen next. Um, so all of those unknowns, at, you know, sort of leave you uh, with no certainty about you know when sports will return, other than. I think we can say with some confidence that sports would be, um, you know, among the very last things to come back just because of the nature of what they are. You have, you know, the competitors are close to each other, breathing on each other, sweating on each other. If you have, you know, trying to get fans back in arenas, that's an issue. Even even putting all the support staff and athletes and coaches and everybody in one small confined area uh, raises issues. So um, anyway, you know, long long winded answer there, but you know, basically, um, you know, just to sort of say like, you know. Uh, don't get too hopeful or, you know, too out in front, you know, putting the cart in front of the horse as far as sports coming back. We, we just don't we just don't know and probably won't know for a while. Well, let me get a tissue and wipe the tear away from my eye, and then I'll it's ask things, you man. a question. I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Nevertheless, with all that in mind, the NFL draft is going to go on, and it's going to be obviously the most unusual draft. Guys are going to be in their pajamas, I guess. Uh, the NFL draft, obviously, it's a huge, massive thing spread over a few days, and you know everyone looks forward to it. If we don't know who the offensive linemen are, we know who the quarterbacks and receivers and the latest stars from the SEC, and then whoever your local guys are, and we've got several out here. I'm wondering for you, with the new way that it's going to be done, 
how are you going to cover it? Well, that's the easiest part. I mean, no differently than I would have otherwise. You know, I mean, I never, I, I don't think we'd send someone to, to the actual draft in years just because uh, when you're there, you're not really getting, you know, you're not seeing anything. You know, you can, you know, on, if you're watching on TV, you know, you're in a better position to, like, you know, reach out to people who might be able to help you uh, with information. And, you know, you can see all the interviews on TV. It's like, um, so, yeah, that's like the last thing. <laughs> that's like the least effect. Just, you know, I don't, I don't think it'll make any difference at all for, uh, you know, it'll, it'll be less of a spectacle for sure for, for people watching or for people covering it. Um, but that, that'll be the, the, one of the things that's like, well, the only thing that's not affected, which why I, I do think it makes sense for the NFL to just go ahead and do the draft. Like, um, there'll be some, it'll be different for the teams, but I don't think it's going to like, you know, prevent them from, uh, executing the draft or even having that much less success than they do. And it's not like, you know, the NFL teams or in any sport, executives are like constantly crushing every draft pick. You know, they, they're going to make mistakes regardless of what the information is uh, because it's going to be imperfect no matter what. So, um, yeah, you know, there's no reason for the NFL not to go ahead with the draft. And it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out and what, what, what the differences are. We're joined right now by Adam Kilgore, national sports reporter for the Washington Post. He's got a story that caught our eye about no team sports until 2021. And I was curious because we've all seen, uh, you know, there's a couple, three medical people who people see on TV all the time. And the line that seems to be getting the most uh, momentum here is you don't make the timeline and you doesn't matter if you're, you know, a politician, a sports fan or a commissioner of a league you don't make the timeline the virus does when you talk to all the people um you know who are really preeminent in in health and public health and all that is there any acknowledgement that even they are wondering what the timeline is that there's surprises out there even for them with all their education oh absolutely yeah no i mean i think that's one thing that um is, is that's one of the big suppliers of like skepticism is that even the smartest people in the world who are studying this, um, there's just not enough data for them to create accurate, reliable models. I mean, they can they can do, you know, I think that's why any model we see when it comes to, you know, deaths or curves or whatever, um, you know, those are the best that we got, and it's, it's smart to pay attention to them. But, you know, even the people making those and studying those wouldn't admit to you that it's not uh, perfect, and there's a lot we don't know. So, um, yeah, for, for sure. I mean, that's that's... You know, I think that was the main, um, you know, if I've tried to set out to write a story that said, like, okay, here's when sports are going to return, it would have been a total failure because no one can, can tell you that, even even the smartest people studying the, the virus. So, um, because, again, it is like, you know, it's literally something that we've never dealt with before. It's, it's uh, a new a new virus, a new disease, and, um, you know, even even things as simple as, you know, like, can can you get it through sweat? You know, if, if two people are playing basketball, one guy sweats and the other guy, can that transmit uh, the coronavirus? Uh, there's some you know theories that think it's possible or likely, but I don't think we know that for sure. So um, even very basic information like that, we don't know. So once you start with, once you're sort of like, if you're building, the, you know, a sort of like uh, system to try to figure out when sports can be back, you're the the sort of like blocks aren't there to build that tower, you know. It's like we you, that, so so yeah, for sure. I mean, even, even you know, a, a guy I talked to really smart used to work at the CDC. Now he's at the University of Nebraska Medical Center. 
um, studies infectious diseases, he said, yeah, I don't have a cloudy crystal ball right now. I have a black crystal ball. So, um, right, that, that's the, you know, and, and if you want to draw hope from that, you know, uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with that because if we don't know, that means, you know, hey, we might be surprised uh, in a good way. Um, I would I would have to say that we haven't been surprised in a good way yet with this virus or this disease. So, um, you know, it's not quite where, where I'm at, but, um, yeah, we just got to wait and see and, and try to be smart and try to be safe. In your talks with NFL people, have you heard them talk about how all these restrictions are affecting their ability to evaluate players in preparation for the draft? Oh, uh, uh, usually so. Yeah, I mean, you know, the biggest question is, and I think you're, you know, the, the players who get hurt the most in the NFL draft are the guys who have injury risk or injury red flags, um, because those players are not able to get to NFL facilities or to have NFL doctors put hands on them and, and check them out and, and give them, you know, give me okay. I mean, the one thing that um, NFL evaluators and GMs hate the most is uncertainty, especially when it comes to health. And for guys who are dealing with, you know, lingering things from the off season or from the end of the college football season, um, that's, a, that's a big problem. You know, I mean, I think that's why you see a lot of players, um, you know, to attack about Loa being the most high profile, um, being really aggressive with, like, social media and putting their workouts uh, out there. Not just usually that's sort of very like vain thing to do, uh, but now it's actually a really sensible thing to do because you want to prove that yeah, look, I know I, you know, banged up my knee or uh, you know dislocated my elbow in in the fall, but you know now I'm good to go. And if you want to pick me, uh, I, you know I can come in and produce right away. So that that isn't that is uh, it, it, it's had a huge effect. Um, you know all the, all the restrictions on on how teams can can see these players and and also you know i mean nfl evaluators really like to get these guys in rooms and meet them and get to know them you know try to suss out their character um obviously they, they still miss but it, that's a big piece of the puzzle that's, that's not there so how much do they get to uh talk to guys you know zoom conference seems like every man zoom holy cow is everybody going to that now but uh to to get some gauge of a level, I had one NBA guy once tell me uh, a really high-profile guy flopped for one reason. He's a high draft pick, and it was immaturity. You know, we hear the male brain doesn't fully mature until you know you're still growing until it's twenty-five. Until you're twenty-five, he said the guy just he, he, having lunch with him, you could tell he just wasn't mature. And there was another guy there that he knew, and that guy did have the maturity. He didn't have the physical skill, but he had the maturity to make it in the league. Can they gauge stuff like that over the phone or with a video conference? Yeah, I think that's going to be the biggest challenge. I don't know if they can, and I don't know. You know, I think the NFL has even put restrictions on, like, how much you can have contact with. So it's going to take a lot of, like, you know, it's almost like these um, well, these coaches and executives are going to almost turn into, like, reporters or detectives. You know, they're going to have to call – all the people around these prospects to say like, Hey, you know, tell me, um, you have to try to get an honest picture of, of what their, their character is like and to, to kind of fill in those, those blanks in the background. Um, now, I mean, you know, they, they were able to do a lot of that work at the combine. Um, and you know, nobody should like, um, as far as like sympathy goes, like NFL executives not being, um, not being able to like understand, uh, the sort of, you know, psychological depth of a, of a six round safety should be like, the very, very bottom of the list of, of what we're feeling sympathy for, but it's also going to have an effect on uh, on the NFL draft for sure. So you're obviously based in Washington. It looks like the, the Washington Redskins are set on Chase Young? That, yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I would be pretty shocked if it went, uh, if it went any other way. Um, 
you know, maybe they uh, try to get cute and uh, trade back for a team that uh, wants a quarterback. But I don't know. I mean, you know, I, I think it's pretty obvious that, um, you know, that Chase Young is the best player in the draft. And, you know, if you're in a position to take that player, um, you know, don't don't overthink it. I think I think that's where they're at. And, you know, you look at, like, last year, what what, you know, what the effect that, and I don't think the Redskins have a, have a similar roster as far as talent at all in the 49ers. But, you know, you, you could you can look at last year, Nick Bosa picked second overall by the 49ers. And, you know, the effect that can have on a franchise is almost – it's not like having a, a franchise quarterback, but it's the next best thing. You get that edge rusher. Um, it just makes your entire defense um, to- a totally different animal. And I think that's a great piece for Ron Rivera to be able to start with, to have that, that foundation. Um, it just makes everything else so much easier on that side of the ball. So um, that's what I would I, – I, I'd be stunned if it went any other way. Adam Kilgore, Washington Post, join us. Adam, I'm curious when you talk to some of the public health people, if the uh, and, and I know you're focused primarily on uh, team sports, and given that uh, you know the Washington D.C. area has uh, a team in all the major sports leagues, that makes sense. We've heard individually, you know, the PGA Tour rescheduling stuff. Tennis, you handle the same ball, so maybe there's a little more risk than there is in uh, golf. But still, as an individual sport, it seems like there's less risk. Do you hear about any of those sports? Did you get any feedback on them and what they might be able to do? Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's pretty. It was, it was telling that that golf came out um, with the schedule they did. I mean, I think there's there's definitely a school of thought that it's easy, you know you can pull off a golf tournament because you know there's social social distancing inherent with sport if you keep fans out. Um, you can do it safely, you know, in a lot of states, uh, you know, I, I live in Maryland, just outside DC, uh, all the golf courses actually closed down by uh, state order. Um, in Virginia, I, I could drive 30 minutes if I want to and, and get on the golf course that is open. So it's, um, you know, different states and different health officials have had different ideas about how safe golf actually is. Um, you know, there's still a lot of, a lot of issues with the golf tournament, you know, you have, uh, you know, the Masters is a limited field. You still have, 70 players, 70 caddies sharing the same eating and, uh, you know, areas and, you know, all kinds of, you know, hotels and, or whatever. You've got people coming from all over the world. That makes it more complicated if the virus is flaring in one spot and not in another. Um, you've got, you know, however many hundreds of people to lay down, you know, cable wire for television and cameramen and, uh, scorers, officials. You know, you so you, you say like, oh well, you know, you can keep your distance, but then you're talking about 500 people being in the same area. Now it's a very large area, um, but I don't think there's anywhere in the country, or there's very few places in the country where you go to like a giant park and it would be okay if you brought 500 people and stayed six feet apart. You know, that, that's what we're trying to avoid. So um, that being said, if you're going to play the Masters in November, um, you know, by then, you know, it's a, the, the the universe will look entirely different than it does now. Hopefully for the better. So um, you know, I think it's. Um, it's reasonable for them to make that schedule, and I think the way they announced it was reasonable, too. I don't think they said, like, you know, full steam ahead, we're definitely doing this. It was like, here's our schedule, here's how we intend to make it work, and we'll see. Um, and that, that makes sense to me. You know, it's not uh, – as long as you're you know, not, not over-promising and not being overly optimistic and sort of sending the wrong signal, I think that um, it makes sense to, for golf to start, try, try to see how uh, they, this could possibly work. But, you know, I think they got to understand that – uh, again, just because right now there's so much we don't know, nothing's certain. Adam, I need me need you to do me a favor. I want you to tell Jason Reed, who's at ESPN now, that when he worked at the Post, <laughs> he was a lousy writer and he's an even worse person. 
Uh, Jay Reed, he's the man. He's the man. <laughs> we love that guy. I used we, to work with him a long time ago back in California, and I've oh, actually man. been exchanging texts with him now that we've been on the air, and he says to say hello to you. Oh, man, I love that guy. Yeah, yeah, right back at him. We've had him on the show, and we really can't get to any issues because they just like to light each other up. It's just basically how it works. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that sounds like Jack. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, Adam. We'll go back to the 80s. Yeah. Awesome, man. Adam, we appreciate some time. Thanks for joining us this morning to uh, talk about your story. All right, yeah, thank you, guys. Stay safe. Adam Kilgore, national sports reporter for the Washington Post on a lot of the hurdles of standing in front of team sports resuming before 2021.